Hello and welcome to the Button Up Box podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Harry. And we're here recording this episode in the pod at White City Place. Um, Pleased to say today is lovely and sunny. Spring has finally sprung. We had snow at the weekend, which was uh, not ideal for anybody, I don't think. I think we're all pretty sick of that now. But there's some daffodils outside. Uh, It's looking very nice, so I'm hoping that we're going to be going into spring properly now. Um, How are you, Harry? I'm very well. We've been quite busy at Butternut Box. Yes, we have. Which has been fun, I suppose. Uh, no, it has been fun. No, I suppose. <laughs> it's been it, all right. I, I suppose. <laughs> no, it's been, it's, been, it's been fun, but it's, it's, uh, we've been at Crufts. We've got a, a last-minute stand there. Yeah, I think beforehand I was speaking to a few people about it and, and trying to get a bit of an idea of, of what it's going to be like. I think everyone termed it as mental uh, <laughs> and crazy. They were kind of the two things that came back, um, so that's always quite reassuring. <laughs> so we went up. It's actually quite a funny story. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not funny. It's more stressful. Anyway, so we had a, a, an Airbnb. Uh, I'd booked this kind of two months before because people said, look, there's 160,000 people that go up there. All the accommodation going to be taken, so book it beforehand. So I booked a kind of 10-person B&B, so the whole company could kind of go down there and, and come to Crufts because it would be quite fun. And the night before, the Airbnb host, uh, a lovely lady, uh, actually called me up and said there's been a massive leak <laughs> at the place and all the electricity's gone. So, you know, I, this is my first kind of big event, uh, <laughs> Button Up Box. Yeah, 10 people going up there, trying to kind of keep a cool head on it. Luckily, she said, look, I've got other accommodation. 20 minutes down the road, we'll take that. Um, so kind of went there. Turns out it was about 45 minutes further oh away. Total journey to Crufts was about an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, my God, and everyone we were, was livid. Yeah, we were meant to be closer. So, you know, it was really, really nice accommodation. The only problem was then that we'd put an Ocado order to the previous place. Mm. So, yeah, that was all That was all very fun. Um, we took a... Me and Daniel were kind of picking up a, an Ocado order. The guy called us. We said we were kind of 12 minutes away. Please, can you wait? <laughs> You know, there's a lot of car. I had him on WhatsApp um, oh, sharing wow. his location, and we actually just met on the middle of nowhere on a country road, and kind of exchanged bags. Wow! Um, so yeah, that was that was even before Crufts. That was before we even started. Started fun. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it a hectic day. But yeah, no, Crufts was 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 great. We got to chat to loads of people about what we do. Um, we found out loads about what everyone else is doing, and uh, yeah, it was just a really fun, but definitely crazy and mental. And uh, by the Sunday, you're not kind of seeing any sunlight for mm. big parts of the day. And uh, I think they were pumping oxygen in there as well. You felt a little bit funny in there. So, uh, yeah, no, really, really, really great uh, experience for the, for the whole team, I think. And then I uh, managed to get off and go skiing for a week. Beautiful. That's what I think you needed it. It was a big run up to that. I know you were run ragged. You did such an amazing job organising it and getting everybody there. But yeah, I think you needed some time on the on the slopes. That sounds really nice. It was nice. It was it was the hottest skiing I've ever done. Yeah, you said it was warm. That's just doesn't I, quite. I walked outside with just a pair of shorts on and nothing well, else. Nothing. Nothing else. Well, I was just I was hanging out some stuff outside. You I, know? I, yeah. <laughs> but like you, normally, you would just never do that. You know, yeah. when I was kind of out there, it's quite casual. So yeah, it was really really nice. nice. Kind of skiing skiing up until about one thirty, and then the mm. the snow turned to slush. So yeah. uh, you know, you find a little 
a joint on the uh, on the mountainside yeah. and uh, have a few vice beers <laughs> and a bit of schnitzel and uh, that's your day done. I think. That's all you want. Isn't that's it? all you want. Really, Beautiful. Isn't it? That's so, nice. I'm yeah. glad you had a break. I think you needed it. And that's good. That was that. That's been me. Fantastic. Well, I like to get an update about what you do. <laughs> um, I'm sure everyone else does as well. Um, so today we've got something very exciting planned. Very exciting. Uh, I'm just thrilled. I can't wait. Uh, we're going to be talking to Ollie Juiced. So today is our absolute pleasure to welcome somebody who has been a firm friend of Butternut Box for ages. And I think it's safe to say we wouldn't be where we are now without him. I don't think that's overstating things. Um, so, yeah, let's welcome Ollie Juiced. I think this is just, I'm so excited to have you here. It's well, genuinely a pleasure. Oh, I'm very pleased to be here. Thanks for having me. You're very yeah, well. It's great, so great to have you, and you're a big name around Good. the office. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone kind of knows you, and you came and met everyone today, which is really, really nice. It's and nice to meet everyone. It's uh, putting a, a face to a name, isn't it? Which is always, you kind of build up this image. So, yeah, oh, stop it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So for those who might not know you, there might be some customers out there who, for some reason, have not heard the name, Ollie Juiced. Um, just give us a very, very quick rundown of sort of what you're up to. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm a dog trainer and behaviourist. I am based in London and I cover most of central London. And that's it, really. I, I help people from um, helping people with their puppies, uh, sometimes before the puppy arrives to uh, a little while after, once the puppy has arrived. And I also do a lot of behavioral cases as well. So going from aggression, separation, anxiety, all of those things that people who have dogs will know about because, uh, you know, dogs dogs have always a little something that they need to um, they need some help with. And that's what I do. I just come to people's home and I help them get them ready to look after their dogs and and help their dog feeling better and being happier and open channels of communications between dogs and, and owners so everyone's happy that's amazing i think you know we come across in our sort of day-to-day uh, chatting to customers you know dogs with with behavioral issues and it can be i think really hard for people who whose dogs you know are struggling for some reason i think it can be really difficult it's so difficult you know there's this romantic idea that you're going to be getting a dog and it's going to be lovely and you know you you think about walking on on the park and just going for long walks and you know and is if you rescue you know it's a wonderful thing to rescue but we always have this Again, romantic idea that it's going, to, you know, the dog's going to be so thankful, and <laughs> and not sometimes, but not always, and sometimes it is very stressful and, and it's difficult when you know you have to go, to, you know, separation anxiety or we should say separation issues these days, but separation issues is a big one. You know, this is when people cry really, and you know, don't be ashamed to feel that stressed about it that you you want to cry because other people do. Mm. It's uh, when you know when you go to work that you're. You have to leave your dog barking and unhappy and, and stressed and anxious. It's, it's a horrible, horrible feeling. And so when you can come in and help and make things better, yeah. it's an amazing, rewarding, uh, fantastic job yeah, to do. Yeah, I can imagine. So Harry and I were talking last week about owning a dog in London because we both live in London. We work in London and, you know, we're very, very lucky to do so. And we were talking about something we want to pose to you, uh, your favourite London park, because this is something we discussed at length and we could not come to... What is to, your favourite London oh, park? Was, I still don't know. For me, I, th- I can't quite remember what I said last time. I think it was Battersea Park. Yeah, yeah it's mine. Um, Battersea it's, Park is my favourite park. Yeah, I think you can... There's so many different parts of it that even if you go around it a number of times, there's always... You know, I, there's no one route that I take. Yeah. I just kind of, oh, I'll go off down this kind of route here and see what's going on. So I love Battersea. I love two, there's two parts that I do like, and Battersea Park's my, my, my favourite one. I love it, especially now spring's coming. Mm. You have amazing wildlife. You have little 
ducklings putting their mums and I just think that's just the cutest thing <laughs> some dogs trying to follow those but that's not great mm. uh, but yeah as you said you've got you've got the lake you've got you've got great lawns you've got people using it for all sorts of different reasons you've got dog walkers you've got people playing football you have sc- schools it's just a, it's very close to my house as well it's a, it's, it's a, sh- a few minutes walk so I love Battersea Park and I also cross the bridge to Chelsea and and have a nice coffee yeah, there. That's a, a nice wonder. Yeah, a little, a little bit of shopping, and you know, and it's dogs perfect. are dogs are really welcome in most shops in Chelsea. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, Petersburg's my favorite. And then if we have to go for a long, big walk, where you know, maybe in in the summer, on a Sunday, we might go to um, Richmond Park. Beautiful. Again, it's just yeah, lovely, you can't uh, beat it. I think for no, a big long it's walk, it's just amazing. Yeah, mm. amazing. Okay, that's good. I think we've had two votes for Battersea Park so far. I need to go again because even though I live close to it, I've not been that much. So maybe now it's springtime. I need to get back out there and, and go, go in the spring. It's lovely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, parks are very different in in the winter, spring, yeah. and summer, aren't yeah, they? So, uh, well, I was in Battersea Park this weekend with the snow. Oh. That was just not, not necessarily so. <laughs> there's the subtropical subtropical gardens. Like no, honey, there's, no, there's <laughs> nothing subtropical about this garden right now. Yeah, we were chatting to people in Battersea Park. I think February. And oh, I think it was about was two degrees. Yeah, and we were kind of there going, oh, hi, how's it going? And Nobody people, people were, uh, yeah, kind of, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll walk and talk. That's yeah. about all I'll give you. And we're kind of walking alongside them, trying to chat to them about their dog and everything. And so. the cafe has been redone. You know, there's a cafe by the pond in Richmond Park. Is that where you're Oh, yeah, sorry, in, in, in Battersea Park. Is that the pear tree? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, it might be the pear tree. So well, I think that's the only one. There's two, I think. There's we... one there's that with a round terrace. That gives onto the lake. Onto the lake, yeah, the pear tree. Yeah, they've just redone it, and dogs are now welcome inside. Yeah, well, we're actually lead, still, there this weekend yeah. with a gazebo. Ah. So I spoke to... This weekend coming? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Come yeah. and see you. So, yeah, yeah, come and see us. I was <laughs> in there actually oh, nice. having cake. and. Uh, oh, well, I, if you have cakes in Richmond. They have amazing in, fresh in cakes Park in there. I'm coming, yeah, um, great. So, yeah, we're going to be there chatting to people of Battersea Park. So, yeah, cool. it was Hamish from... Uh, Pear Tree Cafe, um, really, really nice guy, and uh, yeah, I popped in and told him about what we did, and he thought it was great. And, Amazing, yeah. great. I'll see you then. That's perfect spot. How did you end up in London? Because obviously, I'm, I'm detecting a, a French French yes. accent. Yes, oh, I'm um, trying to work on my French. No, it's accent. lovely. It's soft. It's soft. I really like it. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, mo- I moved to London when I was 20, so a couple of years ago. Uh, 22 years ago Uh, and uh, I I moved here to learn English I didn't speak English I wasn't quite sure what to do with my life then Um, and uh, my best friend lived in in London so she had just moved to London so I just thought oh I'll go there and then I worked in hospitality for for a long time I ended up in uh, working for Soho House Mm -hmm. for quite a few years and then changed career um, and become a a dog trainer and behaviourist okay so I'm fascinated by how how did how did that happen? Going from yeah, Soho House, which is quite a specific environment, to dogs, was it always there? I or? think when I was a child, um, when I was young, I, I lived in uh, Saint Nicolas d'Aliamont in France, <laughs> a small village, and we were surrounded by farms and stuff. So animals were always we always had animals around mm. the house. Um, and then we moved into a town when I was older, but animals were always at the back of my head, something that I was really attracted to. And I think, you know, uh, we always had dogs and uh, I just, uh, when I came to London, this was something that I really felt I was missing because, you know, I didn't have an animal there. I didn't have a pet or a dog for, for quite a few years. So as soon as I could, I did. And that's really what pushed me to study behavior because mm-hmm. my dog, and I think there's a huge amount of dog trainers and behaviorists who have started looking into this business because of their own dog. Yeah, yeah. So our own dog had a few issues. I looked into learning for myself a little bit of, about behavior. I was already doing training 
for people mm-hmm. at Soho House. <laughs> I was head of learning and development. So I was doing all of the induction. I was traveling the world doing all of the openings. Okay. And, you know, there's an amazing job I had at Soho House, you know, is meeting people, chatting, telling them about how amazing Soho House is and, and traveling the world. It was lovely. But that was not a job that I could have and have a puppy okay. and yeah. dog at the yeah. same time. It was too much traveling. So anyway, so um, we finally got a dog with my boyfriend who had a job that allowed us to, to get a job, um, to get a puppy. And then that puppy had a few issues. As I said, I looked into learning a bit more about behavior. And I met this amazing woman called Sarah Whitehead, who was just fantastic. And she really took me under her wing and made me, she was just so interesting. Mm. You know, you listen to her. And even when I read some of the things that she writes, I can hear her voice. You know, she's Mm. very expressive and and very clever and and very open-minded and and very scientifically based, which I loved. I just loved what she was doing. And I was like, oh, you know what? I really like to do that too. And she was amazing enough to really take me under her wing. And and then came a stage where I decided to take the jump and actually become a trainer and behaviorist. So then I had to study training because I actually started the the sort of wrong way around. Yeah, I started about behavior first and then do a bit of training. And it was essential to, it's essential if, you know, if anyone of you out there wants to become a behaviorist or a trainer, it's essential to understand both. both. So to be a good behaviorist, you have to be a wonderful trainer. Mm. And to be a wonderful trainer, you have to put, to be able to put your head around behavior yeah. really fast. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you have to think on your feet. And therefore, you, you know, you have to have a really good understanding of animal behavior because it, it springs on you when you're not expecting it. And you have to think, oh, you have to think on your feet and just, and mm. just, yeah, start again. And then there was that kind of D-Day at Soho House. Obviously, you, I can imagine you were doing a little bit of preparation before and, and you'd... Re- not really. <laughs> it was very it was an impulse yeah yeah okay absolutely. so it was yeah. this is what I want to do and, and it was I think people around me were a little bit scared they were like what What? and you want to be what really but you've got such a good job at Soho House and it was an amazing job mm-hmm. and I've learned so much at Soho House and I think the reason my business is doing so well it's because of Soho House okay. it's because of of what I've learned there you know the the, the way we work at the way we I worked at Soho House and the way they still work at Soho House is wonderful. You know, mm-hmm. they it's uh, it's exhausting, but it's you know there's the yes 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 mentality with clients, mm-hmm. um, but also back of house. Um, there's uh, nothing you know nothing's ever a problem. Something that was perfectly fine yesterday and even amazing yesterday maybe it's not great today. And I think when you're a dog trainer and you're still, we're still learning every day about animal behavior. And it's really great to have, the, Soha has gave me this ability to to change my mind really easily because it's very hard to change your mind. When you, you know, there's a, yeah. when you're in some sort of cultural fog, it's really easy to stay in there quite happily and not trying to find out if there's something better out there and there's always something better there's always something that we learn you know data science are, are giving us so many information so with so house you see what one of the things that was amazing is it, it was the ability to to change your mind so what we that was great yesterday we can do this better today and i was thinking that yesterday but actually what about this today and it, it's just fun you know it's 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 really useful and the way we look I was, I, you know, it's really weird. I still say we when I talk about Soho House. <laughs> uh, the way Soho House looks after their cli- after their customers, after their, yeah. it's very, it's a family, and I think it's sometimes the same with the cli- with 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 the staff and 
it was hard to leave. You know, for a long time, I felt almost part of my part of my personality had mm. had gone too. Yeah, you know, because it it defines you a little bit. When I was there for twelve and a half years, wow. so it it defines you. Yeah, definitely in a good way. I think I hope. Mm. Uh, so it was hard to start something else. But then, you know, the excitement, the the enthusiasm, my clients were demonstrating uh, when being around me and and uh, and changing people's life as well that you know with 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 doing dog training and dog behavior was just so ex- exhilarating that it, you know it's yeah. it started to become a new life but I still look back at Sarahs very fondly yeah. and I'm still a member and I'm really pleased because it's just a great place to go yeah and it's the same with us at, at, at Butternut Box when you know we have customers write in or call in and 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 say how you know we have changed their life and how you know yeah. you know something that, that that you sometimes forget when you're you're in a business and and the day-to-day and everything's running so quickly to actually kind of take that time and 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 just like read the customer comments that are coming through um and people having such a kind of emotional attachment to their dog uh, and us being able to help with so many different issues i suppose that's kind of where we it's similar i suppose in, in, yeah in and so has and button bucks have two things in common they have you know very charismatic owners mm. you know nick nick jones is what you know, is so charismatic and is as much as is a, a tough boss to have is also an amazing boss to have and i think you know from knowing kevin and david a little they're the same you know they're just so charismatic oh yeah. yeah and they care so much i think if you know it's infectious you know, the, their amount, the amount of love they feel towards yeah. what they're doing and it just trickles down and they get the best people on board and we're all it there was, with them and it's yeah. fantastic. It was really sweet when, uh, when they, 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 uh, we invited them for dinner uh, a couple of years ago and, uh, and I think it's really much when, I think they're still very much involved with cooking but it was when really it all started and uh, so they came for dinner and 5pm came which is when we feed our dog and uh, David was like... Uh, do you mind? Can could I feed him? Could I just can I you know can I just open the bag and and put the the, the food in a bowl and give it to Bernard? I was like, sure you can, and it was so sweet, Aww. really. I, you know, at the time I was like, weirdo, um, but <laughs> actually, yeah, but actually, it was really yeah. sweet because it's just that you know I I know I've cooked that food in that bag, yeah. so uh, it's just really nice to just see how Bernard reacts, and Bernard is still very excited about his food, oh, and I think it would lovely. always be you know even when the box arrives, he has a little sniff and then it wiggles back upstairs. Oh. That's really cute. Yeah, we see that. I think of you know every week when we send deliveries out, people send us videos and pictures of their dog with the box just going mad, just so excited. Yeah. You know, they wait for the DPD van to arrive. They're at the window looking, and it's just well, they know, don't they? They're they like know. the postman. You know, yeah. it's a bit like the it's postman. Lovely. You know, sometimes that relationship's not always the best. You know, yeah. <laughs> but the DPD guy uh, is my mate. Yeah, they know. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. he's got he's got my box. Like, yeah. the, the postman's probably a little bit jealous. Yeah. Actually, he's uh, on a guest list. How have they got this great relationship <laughs> yeah. so quickly? You know, I've been working at it for yeah. a few years now. So it's funny. Um, no, they know. It's just it's a nice. I think you know, dogs ultimately the relationship is just based on love with the customer with the dog and it goes round in circles and I think you can and just food. You know, and food all of it just it yeah true it just yeah. does all cycle yeah, round and it's sometimes it's wonderful. have different what they, what is at the top of the pyramid can be different yeah 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 we see I think we see hundreds of different types of, of dogs and dog behavior with food but it's uh, it's it's fa- ultimately it's fascinating yeah absolutely being on the the inside of that I imagine you see so many different things on a day-to-day basis and I wanted to ask you maybe something that 
you only know because you're a dog trainer? Like, what is your very unique insight into either people or dogs that only you'd know because of your job? I'm going to keep it very short. Okay. Dog parks are not always as safe as you think they are. Interesting. When yeah. I go to the dog park with my my dog, it's it's my job to read dogs' body language. Mm. And I find people are very nonchalant about being at the park. And it's great because actually, you know what? Most of the time, nothing happens. Mm. But I can see dogs being a bit anxious, stressed. I can see how one dog might start thinking, oh, I'm, I'm going to walk away from that other dog. And I can see why. And it's a very smart move. I would have moved away too. It's like when you go to a bar and, you know, you're probably very good at You go to a bar and you know exactly, you know what, better than a bar, a bus. When mm. you walk on the, in a bus, you do that you know, where's the nutter in a bus? And 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 I'm not going to sit next to him. And you're going to you do very quickly a, a quick overview of the bus, who's in there, and where you're going to stand. Mm. And you might decide to actually, although there is a few seats that are free, I'm not going to sit anywhere. I'm just going to stand. You know, and and you do this through simple body language, uh, the way people look. It might be a bit unpc, but it's just what you do. Your brain scans the area and mm. does it, and dogs do the same. Mm. And my trouble is because of my business, because of my job, I do the same with dogs when I go into a park. Mm. And sometimes I leave because I think, you know what, this I'm a bit anxious about yeah. that the vibe there is, and other dog owners will be totally, completely unaware of what's going on. And as I said, dogs are so good that they will deal with it themselves. But I don't want to take a risk. Having a dog that not is not always necessarily very easy i don't want to set him up for, for failure i you know that's why i say to all my clients i want to set up the dogs for success so if you are an alcoholic you're not going to go into a pub if i have a friend who's an alcoholic i'm not taking him to the pub to celebrate my birthday we'll have dinner at home does that make sense yeah, so if you have a dog that's finding it difficult you know this is always the thing you know the if you have a dog that finds it difficult to be around other dogs don't take him around other dogs. Yeah. It's okay. Mm. Not all dogs have to play with everybody and socialize and stuff, mm. you know? Yeah, it's just... You'll do this yeah. with your, you know... I, I, as I, you know, I was very social in my 20s, a little bit less so social in my 30s and, and even less now. Don't take me to a busy rest bar restaurant because I'm not going to be at my best. Invite me for dinner at home mm. and you know that I would be much more at ease mm -hmm. and I think with dogs we have to think the same they grow older they change behavior and some will do some will thrive in a in, in a busy dog park mm. and some others will not mm. so you know we'll do the same with ourselves we do the same with our children if your child is not happy in the school if he's being bullied you don't going to leave him in there you're going to sort it out mm. you might even change school you might change the environment but when it comes to dogs, people find this very uh, difficult to do. They just think, well, no, he's going to have to deal with it. Or, But I want him to be happy around other dogs. Well, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I, I, there you go. That's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've done a, a little bit of work in parks and, and spent you know half a day, a whole day in a park talking to different dog owners, which is really, really, really interesting. You get a feel for a park and the people that are more prominent walkers you know that might have been there for a longer period of time and the people that are new and less trustworthy there's a I suppose a feeling for me that you know yes the dogs have their personality and everything else but actually sometimes it's the owner and, and their how they perceive other dogs as well that puts the stress on on their it's dog always and... the owners <laughs> no I'm just kidding Mark <laughs> um, yes 
we were talking earlier on before the podcast about you know what's what's the common misconception and things like this in, in dog training and I think the biggest mistake you can do where 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 trouble starts it's when people start labeling their dogs mm. he's aggressive what does that mean you know is he aggressive all the time no he's only aggressive to large dogs okay so you know and and, and those adjectives are very very um powerful you say with a ch- you know if every time your child meets uh, your very young child meets uh, an adult say oh he's a little bit shy if that child keeps hearing he's a little bit shy a little bit mm-hmm. shy he will become a shy person he will believe that's the case now i'm well aware dogs don't understand what it is that we do but they can definitely feel what we say so if mm-hmm. you fear your dog is going to be aggressive all the time where well, the behavior that you're as a, as 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 the dog owner yeah. the, the way you react to this well as somehow you're you're whatever whatever behavior if a behavior is reinforced it will happen again mm-hmm. if you reinforce the behavior it's just as simple as that and that's the same with humans you know we always have the choice animals always have the choice if, they, if, if you ask me to pick between two choices I will pick the one that is the most reinforcing to me mm-hmm. so humans what makes us human is that we understand we have more willpower we understand we can have the difference between instant gratification and delayed gratification so yeah. we might be able to make choices that are more um, perhaps smarter choices knowing that we could go in the wrong direction and this could be punishing in the future but dogs you know if your dog is in the park and he's the choice is a bunch of other puppies he can go and play and have fun for half an hour or you who's going to put back on the lead tell him off put him back on the lead and go home well the choice is very clear yeah. you know Death, and I think death or have, cake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think dogs, you know, they have it's the excitement, you know, which, yeah, which it's, is it's, so it's, natural it's, with them. It's, it's 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 you know they create dopamine. I think the big misconception. I think this is what you were trying to say with when you meet owners. Mm-hmm. It, what the the big problem, the misconception that we have is that the, we, our dogs have issues, and it's true. But what makes it worse is when we label them. Yeah. So, uh, my dog is very aggressive. But he's uh, so who is aggressive towards? Well, he's fine with dogs. He's actually fine with. It's just people in high vis jackets. Okay, well we can work with that. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? And yeah, why yeah. is? It, and did we ever ask him to do anything else? Did we ask him? So, to not go too deep in this, I, th- I think this. The, if you have a dog, just try to try not. And it's we all do it. You know, we all. I I will, I probably do it with my own dog when I get home because I'm also a dog owner who makes the same mistakes as my clients because <laughs> when it comes to your dog, then it's your dog, right? <laughs> uh, it's your baby. It's mm-hmm. different from everybody. It's the smartest. It's the cutest mm-hmm. and all of this. Mm-hmm. But but we do it. It's like, you know, or, or sometimes even as an excuse in front of people saying, oh, you know, he's, he's not very social. What does it mean? Does it mean that he doesn't cuddle at home? Yeah, he cuddles me at home a lot. Okay. You know, so, so I think just, just use verbs to describe your dog. Well, he barks. Okay. He barks. He might bite. Okay. He bites. Who does, you know, if you start Not using verbs, pointer, you know. yeah, yeah. As, use verbs as opposed to use adjective. Mm-hmm. And, and that will make you, the, the way you're going to look at the problem already a lot easier because you know what you have to stop. I don't have to, I don't want him to be nice. I don't want a dog to be a nice dog. I just want him to stop biting. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And that would perhaps make him a nice dog. Yeah. So, you know, just look at it from a different perspective. That's super interesting. And when you when, when a client sees this in action and they see it for what it is, just go, aha. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult because they'll do a bit of work with you for a few weeks and then you leave them alone for a while and then it just it creeps back, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. oh he's you know, not 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 the not the behavior but the way we describe our dogs. It's habits. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Or it's very friendly. Or don't, you know, when dogs jump at you, they're just jumping up and they're just crazy. And so, oh, but he's very friendly. 
yeah, really? This is, to me, that's not friendliness. Mm. Friendliness is coming and have a little sniff, mm. you know, sort of, you know, wiggling their butts and just, you know, and that's friendly. Yeah. That's polite and friendly. Jumping up is, uh, you know, if you, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing friendly about jumping up, mm. you know. What, you know just, does that, am I making yeah, sense? It yeah, might be definitely. friendly, but it might also be aroused. How about yeah. being aroused? Mm. Well, how about you know trying to hump you? Well, you know, it might be very. It might not bite me one day, but I don't think this is very friendly. You yeah. might see it as friendly, but mm. I don't think it's necessarily very friendly. Mm. Well, it's all relative to the person, isn't it? Completely. And, and if their dog jumps up a lot, they mm. jump up to their owner a lot, and they yeah. think that that's. And don't get me wrong. Friendly, you know, um, we, we should all work to have the perfect dog for us. The dog, if that dog is good enough for you or for you or for you then that's great your dog should be good enough for you so if you don't mind your dog jumping then that's fine you know but you know your friends might not enjoy it but who cares as long as you and your dog's relationship are fine it's fine it's really hard when you go to people's home and actually just look at their dog you you have to be very careful to to always check is that behavior all right with you because sometimes when i started i'd be like oh you know we could work on this people would be like oh why should we work on this? So, oh, oh, I see. You don't think that's a problem. Oh, okay. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move okay. on. So uh, now I'm very careful. I'm very careful at just saying, you know, so why am I here for? Yeah. What, is, what is the behavior that you'd like to tackle first? Yeah, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to, uh, just something um, about kind of your experience training for training so many different dogs. And dog breeds is something that really interests me in the in the the personality of different dog breeds, which I if I go to a dog show and there's twenty thousand dogs there, you, you, you're meeting lots of dogs on a on a very regular occasion. You can actually see the, the 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 different personalities. I suppose I wanted to ask you and get your kind of views on uh, personalities within breeds and whether you had any examples of uh, your maybe your favourite dog that you've ever worked with and mm. his or her personality I try not to it's an interesting question I'm glad you've asked I might be a bit co- controversial and uh, breeders who are breeding their, their own breed might disagree with me but I think uh, especially now we have dogs as pet unless they are working dogs you know they're, they're sort of melting into something that's a lot more common you know and, and the same you know you wouldn't say you know is it easier to teach a French child as opposed to a, an English child or you know making the sort of differences you know they're, they're all dogs as much as we are all humans mm-hmm. now they've all been bred to do you know to, to demonstrate different behavior so hunting you know, whatever and I think you have to bear that in mind when it comes to what will come instinctively to them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have a retriever or if you have a, uh, if you have a rat, you know, a dog that's been bred for hundreds of years to kill rats, he's a dog that is not going to be thinking twice. This is not a, he's not going to be a flirt. He's going to attack first because if he, if he doesn't, instinctively he knows the rat's going to do it. So we often say, for example, Jack Russells can be a bit yappy and snappy. Well, they are because we've mm. built them that way mm-hmm. to be instinctive and just and, and, and don't think and just do it. I love all breeds, but I think you should be very careful at what was the breed you're going to pick built for to start with. What were they, okay. you know, what's, what's, what the instinct is going to be like. Mm-hmm. If you have anthritis, perhaps, and if you're in your 60s, Perhaps a Great Dane isn't the 
best dog for you. As a final dog, it could be very beautiful and lovely and loving and easy to walk, but you're still going to have to deal with a puppy <laughs> the, 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 when he's a puppy and he's jumping up. Yeah. And if you can't, you know, if you if there's a few things that you yourself as a human can't physically do, you're going to find it difficult. Mm -hmm. And that's what I find the, the saddest really sometimes in my job is it's when you have people that have picked up a breed without perhaps just looking at the way they looked as opposed to what they were built to do mm. and then find themselves in a bit of a pickle. A mismatch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, oh, you mean we're going to get Vizsla, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really sporty. I will take him for a run for an hour and a half every morning and great. And then you break your leg or you have a child mm. and all of a sudden that dog doesn't have this, this, mm. this routine that was perfect to start with. Mm. It's a long investment. So um, I don't have, I will never say to anyone who's my favorite breed or is my least favorite, I simply because I, I don't think I, I have one. Mm -hmm. There's one that I'm more attached to. I quite like gun dogs. I quite like lab labs. Uh, and, you know, I suppose they are sort of similar to, to my own temperament. Yeah. You know, food, food orientated, <laughs> hopefully quite friendly, quite like to sleep, uh, social to an extent. So... I, I think I like them because because they you remind see, yeah. they remind me yeah, of me, yeah, and that's why I always say, you know, my dog is half spring and half terrier. Mm. Potentially, he doesn't suit my. I love him, and we're great together. But uh, I always say, if he was, if he was, I wouldn't pick him up. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have picked him up as a boyfriend. Mm. He doesn't have a. He doesn't have a <laughs> temperament that I think would make for a good boyfriend. Well, sometimes but he makes a tracks, wonderful you know, dog. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, so yeah, I think uh, does that answer your yeah, question? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no, I think yeah. when it comes to breed, again, you should never label your dog stupid. Oh, you know, I've got a pug. People always say, oh, Pug, I don't think I'm going to get much out of him. I picked him up because I think he's going to be really loving and cute. Oh, my God, you can train your Pug to do wonderful things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Mm. You, you don't even have to train them. They'll do wonderful things themselves. <laughs> just just be ready to look to look for it. If you assume they're stupid because they've been labeled stupid, yeah. then you're not going to look at what they're doing as yeah. with, 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 you know, marveling at all of the things that they do. I've also seen them stand, doing the handstand whilst they're going to the toilet. Yeah, this is sometimes a weird behavior. Have you? I wonder why they do do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure that they're brightest things that they do, really. <laughs> just, why not? They're I just showing off. Just like recognition. I think, why not? I've got know. a fat belly, but look what I can yeah, do. Look at this. Yeah, no, uh, didn't even train me mm. to do yeah. this. I, well, you know, I, I, I like, train myself. Yeah, and sometimes it's the complete opposite. You know, just like when people... <clears> I've got friends where... I've got lots of friends who just have... All of my friends seem to be having children for the last five years. Mm. And they're just like, oh, you know, I'm his mom or her mom, but isn't she wonderful? I'm just like, Sure, to you she is. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes they are quite smart, but they're never really that smart. It's just you know. <laughs> and then has anyone ever come to you for behavioural advice for their kids? <laughs> All the time, really? and husbands, really? and husbands. Oh. oh, would that work on my husband? Absolutely. <laughs> it never works the other way around. Absolutely, behaviour. You know, we're all mammals, and as again, you know, if you have the choice between. So we're talking about, you know, playing with puppies or going home and being told off and go on a lead. <laughs> Think about this in a relationship. The penny drops, you know, when, you know, I always say when your puppy comes back and it took you 20 minutes to get your puppy back, don't tell him off. Mm. He's finally got back to you. Make this moment wonderful. 
Mm-hmm. It's very hard when your partner is, you know, four hours late to be wonderfully fun and excited. And, but but really, this is what, yes. you know, it's, it's how it works. And I think with children, it's absolutely. And I love when I train my clients that's what I do I give a lot of children analogy especially if they have children themselves mm. and sometimes they do too you know they be like oh I'll do that with my child oh well there we go just do the same well I think maybe there's a, a book there for you you know kind of how maybe <laughs> you there is yeah. no absolutely there's, there's a very interesting thing actually comparing and I, that's an example that I like to give so I, I, I like to use treats you know to, to start a behaviour I pay if David and Kevin stop paying you, you're not going to come to work anymore. This is clear. Nobody does. Mm-hmm. So when I want a, a puppy or an older dog to, to start a new behavior, I am going to be rewarding this behavior with food because it's the easiest stuff. And sometimes, you know, dogs don't like food. We can just tennis balls. It doesn't matter. But with a reinforcer. And very often there's this cultural fog that people don't want some people don't want to use food because they feel they're going to have to be using food forever Mm. that it's just going to be going on and then there's going to be this horrible relationship first of all even if they were using food forever who cares Mm. because it's payment for a behavior now i get it that it's not practical and it's not necessarily what you want to do i don't have to reward my dog for the behavior that he offers he just it just offers them and a really good example that is why you shouldn't worry about starting with lots of treats it's because we do the same with children i had a lady once who said to me she had three daughters who were in their teens and they were all present during that session and i was talking about you know using food and and and, and reinforcers to start a new behavior and she was like oh well, that's exactly what I did with my girls. So the girls were looking at each other going, what do you mean? And, uh, <laughs> and they said, well, you, to, to, to get your toilet trained, I give you a Smarties every time you went to the loo. So when you were very little, and she pointed at one of the girls, she said, you didn't even want to sit for long enough on the putty. <laughs> so I, I would give you a Smarties if you were sing a full song. And then if you had a wee, then you have two Smarties. And if you had a poo, then you had three Smarties. Wow. And I said, and she said, and you know what? My daughters do not ask for chocolate now every time they go to the bathroom. (laughs) And they don't. It's not, you know, you use food to start behavior going. Mm. And those girls do not have an urge for chocolate every time they go to the bathroom. (laughs) They just do that behavior. It's a learned behavior. And that's, and that's, and it's there to stay. Mm. And it doesn't have to be reinforced again in the future. So if, am I making sense? Absolutely. And I was just, I always use this analogy, and those girls were so, they were teenagers, so they were awkward, but they just hated, I mean, but it was, it, it's, it's a perfect example of lots of behaviors, you know, how did I learn to write, how did I learn uh, to read, my, I'm sure my, my teachers were giving me golden stars for work mm. well done. I'm not expecting, although it's nice when great, your boss it? gives you a bonus. I think that, of should, course it that works. should continue. I think yeah. golden Stickers, star, yeah. you know, just uh, any time you no, do something cash, good should. Just cash. <laughs> <laughs> Piece of chicken. Um. But so, so, uh, so that, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think there's a, yeah, mm. uh, the penny drops sometimes like, oh, I could that with my children. Oh, would that work with my husband? Well, my sister's actually training her first child to potty train at the moment. Well, wow, so Smarties I'm, is the way I'm forward. Smarties. I'm going to call her yeah. tonight and tell her that, yeah. you know, it's, and it's easy. And they were not fat either. Those guys, you know, it, it, it has no link mm-hmm. whatsoever. Excellent. No, that's brilliant. Um, I think it might be time for a game if you're happy to play. 
Oh, well, I don't know. Well, you, let's start. Let's see. Yeah. Okay, so... You scare me. We've not actually had anyone get full no. scores. So... Oh, my God, it's a competition? Uh, I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 oh, great. Yeah. So okay. this is, you know, I mean, we're playing it Sleeves nice. Sleeves are going this out. Is, yeah, There's this a is serious, leaderboard. You know, There's a leaderboard. Yeah. It's very silly. So in a second, I'm going to play some sound clips. There's going to be three. Okay. The game is called Pigs or Pugs. Yeah. So you have to try and guess whether the sound clip you've heard is a little pig or a little pug. Oh, okay. And it's surprisingly hard. We thought it would be quite easy, and nobody has got full marks yet. And Kevin and Dave have played... Out of and, three. And out of three. Out of three. I think the highest Kev- is two. Kevin Dave are one. They right? got one, which is yeah. embarrassing, frankly. Um, um, yeah, they really... I think. Oh, this is stressing me out now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's go. Pigs or pugs? Pigs or pugs? Are they pigs or are they dogs? So this is the first clip. They're all very short. So clip number one. So what did you think that was? Can I have the other two? No, you have to do it while we're doing it one by one. Can I listen to it one more time? Between a pig and and a small bird or a large bird? Pug. Pug. Pig pig or a pug? Pig or a pug. Oh, there's no birds in there. I don't know why I was thinking about (laughs) pig or a pug. not a bird. (laughs) A that. bird. India. India. France. Uh, a pug. That was correct. Great. A few. Ooh, very good. Okay, very good. First good. one's out of the way. One. That, that was, was quite tough, tough actually. <laughs> okay. So this is the second clip. I would say a pig. Yeah, that's correct. Slightly easier one that time. Yeah, slightly easier one. Um, and now we're 50-50 on the last one. No, yeah. this is how we're Hannah got. I think she, uh, yeah. she struggled with the last one, so... Yeah. Oh. Ready for the next one? Yeah. I think that's a pug. <gasps> yes, it was a pug. Am I winning? Yeah, you're winning. Oh, oh, in there. Pug of the night. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm reassured right. now. There you go. I did yeah. expect that of you. I was like, if Ollie doesn't walk out of here with three out of three, I think it'd be better. <sighs> I'm, I'm glad you didn't say that first, but the pressure <laughs> sometimes gets to me. I would say there was three of the, the harder ones that we've done. Oh, oh, oh would, Harry, thank you oh, so much. Harry, so, no, 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 no. Three, three plus, I would say. Yeah, on great, that, thank yeah. you. Very good. Amazing. So we'll put you on top of the leaderboard, Ollie. Well forward. done, me. Um, so one last question that we wanted to ask you, something we sent across before, was we wanted you to think about your favourite dog in fiction. So there's Nell, the detective dog. Have you read this book? It's a children. I've it's, heard, it's, it's of, it. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, it's just an amazing book. I, I got it for my nephew. It's by uh, uh, Julia Donaldson. And it's just a great book for kids. It's really funny. And yeah, Nell is an amazing detective dog that can smell, solve mysteries through her fantastic Scent. To ring a bell. Yes. Yeah. I think so. Um, so it's a, just a lovely story. So yes, that's definitely. And and if you have children, get that book. This and even adults always love to to read that book over and over again. And the drawings are fantastic. I can't remember the lady who did the drawing, but she does lots of stuff with Julia, and it's an amazing book. That's great. Absolutely. I feel like this has been a fantastic mix between advice for people with children and advice for people yeah. with dogs. I think they so just chocolate in, books, chocolate and books, and, and a dog. What more do you want? Things that you need. What yeah, more absolutely. do you want? I don't think you need anything else. Um, great. One hundred and one. It was so nice to spend some time oh, with you guys. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Lovely. Thank you so much for coming My in. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks. So for much great advice. It's been great. Yeah, great. This episode was recorded in the pod at White City Place. If you want to have a chat with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and you can search us at Button Up Box. Uh, you can also have a look at the website at buttonupbox.com 
Uh, and I'd like to say thanks for tuning in. I hope you've learned as much as we've learned today uh, and enjoyed the ride as well. Yeah, thanks for listening and we will see you next time. <laughs>